It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Sometimes when things fall apart, they're actually falling into place. Today's guest, Christina Lope, spent a decade working as a neuropediatric clinician before becoming a life coach, spiritual teacher, author, and entrepreneur. In 2013, she experienced a spiritual awakening, followed by four years of solitude and deep meditation training. Today, Christina bridges science and spirituality to help others heal from significant trauma, open their hearts, and live fulfilling lives. Welcome, Christina. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much, John. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Christina, let's start off by talking a little bit about your life. What were you experiencing that led to this type of awakening? Um, I think, you know, what happened to me is what ha- what's happening probably to millions of people around the world, and it's that moment where kind of your life falls apart. Um, tends to be, uh, I've, I've worked with thousands of people, and so many of them have these same stories of, um, having that moment of awakening, usually through something kind of dramatic and sudden. Uh, it doesn't happen that way for all of us, but to, for a lot of us, it's, it's kind of that, that moment of life falling apart. And that's definitely what happened to me. Um, I was living a pretty uh, regular life. Uh, I, had, I was married. I lived in Washington, D.C. at the time. I had actually returned to college again. I was, I was doing a master's degree in, in public health at Johns Hopkins. And so, um, you know, everything seemed normal. I had just bought a home. Uh, You know, everything seemed regular and everything seemed like it was going normally. And then suddenly everything fell apart. My marriage fell apart very, very quickly. And I think it was at that moment that I I reconnected to the spiritual side of me that that has always really been present in one way or another. But I just didn't want to explore that side. Um, I had had some pretty negative experiences as a child of being sensitive uh, to energies. And so, you know, I just, my career went towards science and, and clinical work. And so I kind of shut the door on the spiritual side, but um, life has a way of always bringing you back to what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> and so, yeah. so that's that's pretty much what happened to me. Well, it's so interesting because you said a lot of people experience this type of awakening. And what you just described, it, it's like you described my life. I started doing this work mm. because I came to that point. I had been married for 23 years to the outside world, everything seemed wonderful. I mean, even most times to me, things seemed wonderful because Mm -hmm. I didn't pay attention to how I was feeling or thinking. You know, you get into that, that automatic mode of living life and you're not really paying attention to yourself. And so in a six month period, my marriage fell apart, ended, my mom died, my Mm -hmm. sister died, my oldest son left for college. And so the life I had one day was was gone. And, you know, like you described, you get to that point where you say to yourself, okay, I'm at this fork and I can either go in one direction and stay in this pain and stay where I am doing what I'm doing over and over again, or I can make some change and try to figure out who I am and, and like you said, tap into that 
more spiritual side of, of who you are instead of being that type A driven, you know, mind, like I was always in my, my head type of person. So mm-hmm. um, I totally understand what you went through. And everything I do now is the result of what I experienced back then. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's, this seems to be the case. This is the case with so many people because we're, you know, we we sort of uh, walk our paths, at least initially in the first part of our lives, I would say, for a lot of people, even up until the, the mid, uh, midlife, what's called midlife years, um, people generally, we follow what we think we're supposed to be doing. A lot of us have difficulty tapping into that intuition and being able to charter our own path. Um, without having outside influences. So we're always heavily influenced, whether it's uh, by culture, religion, family, whatever it is. Um, And we don't have a lot of the understanding of what it feels like to live based on the heart, really. That's the way I view it. As soon as your heart opens up, there's an intelligence in there that's not inferior to the intelligence of the mind. And once you learn how to use that heart intelligence, Sometimes your life goes, you know, in a direction that you were totally not expecting. But if you follow that heart intuition, if you follow that heart intelligence, it's always going to take you where your soul wants you to go. And that's always the best path to go. Well, that's why I love when you say falling apart, that everything actually fell into place. And you and I described some pretty dramatic falling apart life stories, but it can be anything that we view as not Mm -hmm. going our way. It fell apart, you know, and, and that's where you get those pivots in life that you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've been, I've been noticing a a recent shift, actually. There's, there's a lot of people, a lot of people are reaching me um, in their younger years and they're having more spontaneous awakenings where it doesn't have to be through drama. It doesn't have to be through your life falling apart. It's literally just them waking up one morning and saying, hey, you know, uh, there's something more to my life that I want to explore. I can't be here just on earth to work a nine to five job and pay my bills at the end of the month. That can't be it. There has to be something deeper. And so people are spontaneously reaching out and seeking and going deeper and uncovering layers within themselves that I I think it wasn't available to those of us, um, you know, earlier. I I would say pre-2012, I think there was a big shift on the planet um, in 2012, that was a, when this mass awakening started um, and very much accelerated by the COVID pandemic and all these quarantines and the disruption that this caused. But before then, for the majority of us, it was through some kind of, you know, whether it was the sudden ending of a relationship or the loss of a career or, you know, a life-threatening accident. A lot, what, these, what these circumstances do is they, they break the ego's illusion that it's controlling your life. And it usually takes you to be faced with something, literally the rug being pulled from underneath you. And in that moment, you get a glimpse of, hey, hold on a second. I thought my mind was controlling everything, but it really is not. Life has a way of unfolding completely outside of the control of my mind. And I'd like to be able to tap into that to that intelligence that goes beyond the mind. And that's definitely what happened to me. I mean, I I had um, I don't know if you do you know the the teacher Pema Chodron, the Buddhist nun mm-hmm. Pema Chodron. So she she had a, a similar awakening story to me, and it was this this when I heard her describe what what was going through for her was the same thing that happened to me when I I remember that 
you know, when my marriage fell apart, it was my wife coming home and just saying, you know, one day out of the clear blue sky, I don't want to be married anymore. And I remember that, that the trigger in that conversation, it caused what's known as an out-of-body experience. And I had never experienced that before. I was, there was this, it was like I popped out of my body, my consciousness popped out of my body, and I was just hovering watching these two people, Christina and her ex-wife, having a conversation, but my consciousness was sort of hovering in peace, just neutral, and that was the first time that I had ever experienced what soul energy felt like, and I remember that moment lasted maybe just a few seconds. It it felt like an eternity when I was going through it, but I would say maybe lasted a few seconds, maybe up to a minute. And then my consciousness popped back into my body. But after experiencing something like that, like an out-of-body experience, your life is never the same because once you experience the feeling of that soul energy, what it feels like to be truly at peace, to not have the dramas of the mind just dominate your energy. I had felt it once and I knew it was possible. So from then on in, I just thought to myself, okay, I'm going to continue connecting to this deeper, wiser energy um, that, that is clearly more intelligent, that has a plan for me. And I want to live that plan that the soul energy has for me. And so that, that's kind of how, that's kind of how everything started for me. Christina, why do you think that happened? And, and is this something that most of us can experience? Oh, yes, yes. And, and what I think is happening right now that I think is wonderful is the, that we are in a level of consciousness right now where we can awaken without suffering necessary. Um, I remember not too long ago, even teachers like Eckhart Tolle and, and many on the planet have been, um, have been showing the way and saying that suffering a lot of times is a catalyst for a spiritual awakening. And that's been true for a really long time. But there's been a shift, and, and I don't think that suffering or pain is required anymore for an awakening to occur. I think that we're just at a level of consciousness right now where we realize that, that there's something more to life than what we've been living up until now. And, and yes, this is available to everyone on the planet. This isn't, the spiritual awakening isn't just for, you know, a few people. It's for everyone. It's where we're going. That's, that's where the evolution of consciousness is moving towards. It's towards an understanding of deeper truths, um, not being uh, too distracted with um, regular everyday life is really important and will continue to be important. But there's a, a really interesting way that spiritual masters and mystics go through everyday life. They go through everyday life as, an, as a spiritual experience. And, and um, that's something that's become, becoming available to all of us now. Um, and definitely does not have to be through pain. I'm observing that every year. I mean, every day I, I get messages and emails and comments from people on my YouTube channel, and, and they're getting younger, you know, 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds saying that, you know, they're having a spiritual awakening, and it's amazing, and nothing bad has happened to them. It's just been something spontaneous. And even, I don't know, you have children, right, John? I do. Yeah. So um, it's, it's really interesting, and, and I don't have children, but I have so many dear friends that are having children now, and it's amazing because I look at these little ones, and they are coming in. They are already in a completely different level of consciousness, already coming out, 
Like they are, it's, it's a neat, to have a conversation with a four or five-year-old child today is very different than a four or five-year-old child a generation ago. <laughs> they are more awakened already at these young ages. And, and I think that that's just a part of the evolution of consciousness, right? Like as parents awaken, as they go deeper in their spiritual truth, they automatically imprint their children with, with, this, with this knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it's just amazing to observe. What do you think that will mean for our future, Christina? And how can we avoid stifling that? I don't think there's no way of stifling, really. I think what it means for our future is that we're going to live down here on this planet first um, in much more connection with ourselves, uh, because I think that that's really really the the key to uh, really anything negative that happens down here on Earth. Um, you know, cutting down forests, not paying attention to natural resources, whether it's war, whether it's killing each other, um, acts of violence. The only way for a human being to perpetrate an act of violence, whether it's against another human being or whether it's against nature, is by being profoundly disconnected from their inner nature. If I'm connected to my inner nature, I understand that the harm I cause outside is also the harm I cause inside. And so it's this profound disconnection that we have with our inner selves, with our soul energy, with a deeper sense, with, with, with a part of who we are that goes beyond being human. Um, the more that we connect with that, the more that we're going to be able to, um, I, think, I think the word is to align better down here on earth, to be able to live in communion, not only with each other, with ourselves, but also with nature. Um, and that's something that's, that's happening right now. A lot of people message me and say, you know, um, it seems like the world is, is getting worse and getting worse because, you know, if you watch the news, that's really all you see. But the world is actually getting better and better and better because there's a lot of us that are awakening in this temporary sort of chaotic energy that we see on the surface. That's what shows up in, you know, in the 24-hour news cycle. That's only a superficial shaking. It's a superficial awakening that's happening on the planet. And for a lot of us, sometimes awakening has to still happen through chaos a little bit. But if you you dig deeper and you just kind of deep dive underneath that surface, it's kind of like the, the surface of an ocean. You know, sometimes an ocean is can be choppy on the surface, but if you if you start uh, dive down and you just keep swimming deeper and deeper, it gets calmer the lower you go, the deeper you go, and that's what's happening right now. If you if you take a deep dive into kind of the superficiality of the things that are happening outside, there's a mass awakening occurring on the planet, and that just brings me a lot of joy. You know, we're going in the right direction for sure. It does for me as well because you know when I sit in this seat, I understand what you're saying because it seems like our world is so polarized and and we're divided and everyone's fighting with each other and we have a war and a pandemic and all of these things that are so negative. But then I speak with someone like you and all of these other people that I get to work with, and I see this awakening taking place where people are going deeper within themselves and they want more out of life, you know, more positive. They're, they're just doing so much good for the world. And, and I get to see that. I feel very blessed yeah. in, in having that opportunity. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, and, you know, temporarily, of course, a, a mass awakening or a shift in consciousness will temporarily create chaos, especially when the transformation is as deep as it is right now. If you look around the world, the, there, it's not just each one of us awakening. As soon as each person starts awakening, then by consequence, 
every single um, system, every single structure, every single culture, every single religion, those mega systems have to transform also. So if you look around the world at the, the biggest hot spots of, of issues, we've got wars. So we have political systems, we have military systems, we have this entire huge infrastructure that, that's being shaken but it's being shaken because so many of us are awakening. And, and whether it's political change, whether it's change in the way that we look at each other, whether it's change in the way that we see countries, one country versus another, or one culture versus another, or one person or one race versus another, all of these systems have to change in response to individual awakenings. That, that's always the consequence of an individual awakening. When you get, if one or two people are awakening on the planet, that doesn't really have a lot of weight in terms of changing systems. But when millions upon millions of people are awakening, they're going to start to demand change of the systems that they participate in. And sometimes that's very chaotic because systems that, been, that have been entrenched for a really long time, they don't like change. <laughs> they don't like change. They like uh, permanence. And so these structures sometimes are very challenging to, to reform. And I think that that's a lot of the chaos that we're seeing around the world right now is simply the consequence of individuals awakening and saying, you know, this is not what I want. I, I don't want to see this anymore. I want to live in a world that's more peaceful, that's more prosperous for all, but that also can be prosperous, but living in harmony with nature at the same time. Um, and so that's that's happening all over the world. But but yes, the the, the temporary uh, energy of, uh, that occurs when this shift, when these systems are being um, changed can be very chaotic and it can cause a lot of, um, of, of pain, really, uh, temporarily. So if someone who's listening to us right now wants to begin on this journey of awakening, when, when you were making some of the shifts in your life, you spent a lot of time alone. Mm -hmm. I know I spent a lot mm -hmm. of time alone. Is that important to do? I think for me, it, alone time was important, but I also, um, I also tell people, because I work with a lot of people, I, I just finished a retreat, actually a large retreat, and so many of the people that participated in the retreat were married, had children, had families. And so I was in a different position. I didn't have children. My marriage had fallen apart, so I had nothing to lose. So I literally just walked out of my house, left everything to my ex-wife, walked out with a couple of suitcases, and off I went to my new life. And so I had the opportunity to stay in solitude. I lived a hermit life for four years after my uh, after this initial awakening. And, and it was very blessed. I needed that time in order not just to, I had a severe trauma that I had to heal and that I didn't even remember. There were layers and layers uh, to my healing that were required for me to walk um, in order to then become a healer for others. But you don't need to um, spend four years in hermit mode like I did uh, in order to go through a spiritual awakening. More and more people are going through awakenings while they have families and while they're raising children and while they stay in, in their jobs. But I think the key here is absolutely to program specific times in your day where you are able to be with yourself, whether it's just one hour a day. Sometimes I, I, I've coached a lot of parents and I say to them, you know, um, block a time in your day where you can just spend with yourself. And they'll usually say to me, oh, well, this, this, I could do this after my children are in bed because then there's silence in the house and then I'm able to schedule, you know, one hour before bedtime. That's enough. 
You know, it doesn't have to be anything dramatic, but schedule some time for yourself so you can tap in to first, how do you feel? This is a really, really important first step uh, for, for a person that doesn't have any spiritual understanding. If you start to just, just sit down, close your eyes, take a nice deep breath and, and get used to asking yourself every day, how am I feeling? And where am I feeling? This is a really important exercise that I use with clients too. Not just how am I feeling, but where am I feeling? So a lot of times, you know, in this kind of hustle culture that we still have, people feel stress. Where do they feel stress? Usually it's that pit of the stomach, or maybe they have palpitations or anxiety at the chest, or maybe their shoulders are really tight. For us, it's, you know, emotions and emotional content gets stagnated in certain parts of the body. But as soon as you start to ask yourself, how do I feel and where do I feel it? You're starting to have active communication with this beautiful meat suit <laughs> that you have, this beautiful community of 40 trillion sentient cells that are highly intelligent and that it can inform you and teach you. And as soon as you start that conversation in that moment of silence, in that moment of stillness, no cell phones, no technology, just 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 sitting down, sometimes in the dark, I love to work in the dark of night. So I turn off all the lights in my house. Usually after sunset, all the lights in my house are off um, because I like to be in communion with the night as well as the day. Um, and it helps regulate circadian rhythms when we do this. And so if you just take a little bit of time to just, just be still for a while, just commune with silence for a little while, um, ask your body how it's feeling and where it's feeling. As soon as you start to go kind of take this step deeper, it, channels are going to open, doors are going to open, insight is going to open for you. And then you can just keep going down and down and deeper and deeper. And you can start asking those more um, profound existential questions. For example, am I happy? Am I living the life that I desire? Am I living the life that's meant for me? These are all questions that, that kind of start to come up, but the first steps of just focusing on breathing and just asking yourself how you're doing and making sure that you take time to just be in a little bit of silence every day outside of the hustle culture is really important to start this awakening process. And when we sit with ourselves and we ask those types of questions, we start to feel our feelings and and sometimes that mm-hmm. makes people very uncomfortable. So what do you say yeah. to someone who doesn't like the way he or she feels to keep moving forward. Yeah. So that's a, that's a very good point, John. Very, very good point. We usually end up completely disconnected from ourselves because there's a false assumption in our mind that the emotions that I have repressed inside of me are somehow too difficult for me to handle. That's the false assumption that is somewhere in your subconscious mind So that when you sit down and you start to feel, and maybe some of those feelings are uncomfortable, the mind says, oh, no, 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 just too much. Let's get up and let's go watch TV, or let's get up and let's go scroll social media. Let's, you know, book a trip and go do something, or let's go on a shopping spree. We have various, various ways to distract ourselves from our own inner world and our own emotions. And so I think the trick that, uh, that I usually tell people initially is anything that you have inside of you, you are perfectly capable of feeling and processing. No one dies of emotion. <laughs> Emotions, they, they can feel very strongly. They can feel overwhelming at times. But emotions are just energy that need to circulate. And, you know, what I tell people is the reverse. Sometimes people say, you know, well, 
I just, I can't deal. I can't deal with this. You know, I can't deal with my emotions. And they're, they're mistakenly thinking that because they don't want to face the emotion or they don't want to feel it or process it, that somehow it's going to disappear. But that's never the case. Your emotions will never disappear. They simply get kind of stagnated. It's usually in certain parts of your body. So a lot of times when people have emotional content that needs to be processed, it can actually show up in the form of physical symptoms or disease at some point. And so your emotions never disappear. Whether you want to feel them or not, they're there. They're influencing your life. And usually they're influencing your life uh, negatively because repressed emotions cause a lot of damage, a lot of damage, because then we end up reacting to life. We end up being very easily triggered and then reacting on the, those emotions that come up. And so there's really no alternative to, to sitting with your emotions. And I think at one point or another, we all realize this. But I think the trick for a lot of people is to realize that when I sit down and I ask myself how I'm feeling, and if uncomfortable emotions come up, I'm going to practice what Buddhists call equanimity. And that is I'm going to give equal weight to any emotion that comes up. Happiness is wonderful, but sadness is also valid and anger is also valid. These are all honorable emotions and some of them may be more uncomfortable than others, but I'm an eternal spiritual being. I'm a soul that, that exists beyond space and time and that soul can absolutely sit here and feel whatever it is that I need to feel. Um, and a lot of times that's really the only step for a lot of people the only thing that was needed in the first place was a sitting with, a breathing through, and an acceptance of the emotional content that I have inside of me. Once an emotion starts moving, it dissipates quite quickly. And that's kind of the, the, the irony of this is that sometimes we spend a whole lifetime running away from uncomfortable emotions because we think that they are just going to overwhelm us and we won't be able to get out from underneath them. When in fact, that's not true at all. They just needed to process. They just needed to move and to circulate. And once they do, you start feeling better quite easily. Yeah, and the thing we forget is that we all have the power to do this work and you know, it, and it is work, but we all have the power to heal. And, and I'm so happy that you were here today to share all of this with us. It just seems like it's a little bit more important today than it ever has been. And, and I'm really mm -hmm. happy that you were here. If our listeners would like to learn more about Christina and her work, you can visit ChristinaLopes.com. Christina, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot, Joan. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.